Ross Tucker, one of our favorite guests, one of the best in the business, former NFL player, longtime NFL player, NFL analyst, um, super candid dude. He's the host of even of the Even Money betting podcast. You can check him out and that podcast. Easy way to get it is at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. He's the guy behind MyFrontPageStory.com, which we love, and he's he's joining us now. Ross, good morning, brother. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here, man. My pleasure, Bill. As always, thank you for having me. So early, I mean early for me. I'm on the West Coast. Early game on Sunday. Russell Wilson gets a much needed W in London against that Jags team. Um, do, do you see anything you saw from that game or, or, or before it that leads you to believe that, that Russ and the Broncos can have a better second part of the season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they went on three long drives for touchdowns in the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Uh, he had some nice throws. The K.J. Hamler down the sideline, that young tight end they got out in your neck of the woods, Bill, from UCLA, Dulcich looks like he's a stud. He had several catches. So I do think the combination of Dulcich coming on and looking like a real guy that they can count on and use, combined with Russell having some better throws, I I would say it's kind of funny because they only scored 21 points. It's not like they lit the world on fire, but – the way they started, man, with the three and outs and the almost interception and then the interception, I'd say that, I'd say that to play the way they did after that was actually encouraging. Ross Tucker here on the show. Ross, I don't know if you saw this stat going around, but apparently after that loss for Trevor Lawrence, he now has the worst record in the modern era for a number one overall pick at quarterback, quarterback at number one overall through 25 games, which is one of those sort of lies – damn lies and statistics things that Mark Twain talked about. But still, he's 5-20 and 20 at the start of his career. Obviously, massive things were expected. What is going on in your view with Trevor Lawrence, and what do you think happens from here as best you can try to guess? Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in him. Um, because, I, you know, last year you can put a lot of it on Urban Meyer, and I think rightfully so. But then, I don't know, man. You, you watch this year – he got off to a really good start. I mean, he played well at Washington. They blew the game. Then they got a win. He played really well against the Colts. And even against the Eagles, he played well the first couple possessions. They're up 14 nothing, But then the rain really got to him, and it just doesn't feel like he's played all that well since then. I mean, it's like ever since that Philly game, where he couldn't hold on to the ball and really didn't give the Jags a chance to win the game. It's like he's been a different guy. I mean, he's been okay, but he got off to a pretty darn good start this year. And I thought with Doug Peterson, they got Sheriff in there on the O-line. And even yesterday was weird, Bill, because they ran it really well with ETN, you know, his Clemson teammate. So it makes you feel like, all right, okay, Jacksonville, they, they got a little something going. He should perform better than that if they're running the ball that well, right? Like, if they're running the ball that well, he should be able to play better than he did in that game. Ross, it's amazing in life, and certainly the NFL, how much narratives, perspectives, careers can shift and change in 12 or 14 months. 14 months ago, uh, I, I don't think most of us would have been talking about Tua Tungavailoa 
as the young, promising NFL quarterback in Florida that, that was certain for, for greatness. And I maybe we're not there yet, but, man, what a performance over the weekend. And when he's been healthy this year, the Dolphins have been really, really good. What do, What is your view long-term this season, uh, if he can stay healthy, of Tua specifically and, and that Dolphins team when he's at the helm? Well, um, I think the first guy I want to talk about when you mentioned Tua is Mike McDaniel. Because I'm really impressed by Mike McDaniel. I mean, I didn't think that Tua had this in him, Bill, to be honest with you. I, I didn't think he'd be able to play at this high of a level. But what Mike McDaniel's done is give him the exact offense that Tua needed to have success. He's a really good timing and anticipation thrower when he's doing it within the rhythm of the offense, and that's exactly what he's doing. I mean, everything they do, it's so many of those in-breaking routes, middle of the field, so he doesn't have to drive the ball to the sideline. So in-breaking routes, middle of the field, and he's given them the two fastest guys out there for these crossing routes, these in-breaking routes. So they very rarely have a guy running like stride for stride with them because nobody's as fast as those guys are to be able to do that. And I think McDaniel realizes it doesn't matter how you get the yards. You don't have to throw the ball in the air. You know, yards after catch are just as valuable as yards. I mean, sometimes like I see these fantasy guys – and I love the fantasy guys, Bill, and I love stats, right? But, like, they talk so much about, like, depth of target. and You know, I don't know, man. Just just give me the yards. I, I, I don't really care if it's all through the air or if, you, if you're running the ball like Derrick Henry or if it's run after the catch like they're doing in Miami. But it, it all counts the same. And I'm really impressed with Tua, but I think Mike McDaniel deserves a lot of credit because he's absolutely maximizing – what that young guy can do. And it makes you wonder, quite frankly, where the Dolphins would be if not for the concussion issues with Tua, right? I mean, if he hadn't had to miss those games, I feel like they'd be in a much different position right now. So project over the course of the season, not record, but just performance. If Tua's out there, if he's playing, what's the separation, what's the distance between the Dolphins and teams like the Bills and the Chiefs, who I think are clearly the top of the NFL mountain? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I would put the I think I'd put the Dolphins then in the Ravens category in my mind, which is like the next best AFC team. The next best AFC contender. I don't think either one of those teams is gonna be better than the Bills or the Chiefs, and I'd be a little surprised if it's not a Bills Chiefs AFC championship game. But if anybody can knock them off, I feel like it would be the Ravens with Lamar Jackson going crazy, or the Dolphins with what they're able to do with Tua and that offense. I think they're the next, you know, the, the two next teams that, you know, could find their way in the divisional round. Ross Tucker here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ryder. Ross, not, not a great beginning for the Green Bay Packers, and it's not as if Aaron Rodgers has played extraordinary football and the rest of the team has let him down. I mean, it's been, I think, a collective effort in terms of just an underwhelming season, but... They're three and five. They play Detroit next. They they will they should get to four and five. What is your confidence level or your lack of confidence that the Packers turn this season around? Um well it's gonna to be tough because you know they're not gonna win the division. 
I mean, that would really surprise me because I don't foresee a collapse by the Vikings, and they're pretty far ahead at this point. So it would really have to entail, you know, the Packers winning a, a bunch of games to get to nine or ten wins that they're going to need to try to be a wild card team. And even at that point, it's not easy. I mean, just because you're a wild card team, I, I'm not sure they're going to get there. I'm, I'm not even sure they're going to get there as a wild card team. I guess because they've got young people at receiver and they do have some dudes on defense that theoretically they could go on a run in the postseason. And I guess I'd probably put them in the same category as, like, the Bucks and the Niners in that regard. The difference, I guess, in my mind is that I think those two teams have a great chance to win their division, which just kind of makes it infinitely easier than the Packers going the long road of being a wild card. I think that they'll beat the Lions, but – it's, it's, it's a weird time when, I don't want to call that a toss-up game, but the Lions have one win, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they beat the Packers. Wow. And does that just reflect for you the fact the Packers just aren't very good, or do you think Detroit's got a little magic in them despite their record? I don't think Detroit's as bad as their record shows. I mean, I, I feel like I would say this every week if I was a Lions fan or on Detroit radio that it feels like they're going to win one of these games. They just more often than not, obviously they don't, but I, I just don't think the Packers are very good still. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing to me. The Packers only score 17 points. They lose by 10 and people are like coming away from that game, you know, saying positives about the Packers. I mean, it, we really, really lowered the bar for how we feel about the Packers. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Ross, I'd love your take on that game because I thought, maybe I'm wrong, it looked to me like Josh Allen and the Bills just got kind of bored and, and, and lost their focus, and those turnovers by Allen in the second half, and that performance to me was more about the Bills taking their foot off the pedal than any Packers excellence, from my vantage point. I think there's some truth to that, and I also think that the Bills are in a tough spot because they don't run the ball very well. So they're not really in a good position to close teams out, to close games out, to be a, you know, to run what we call four-minute offense, right, where you're really, the goal is really to, to grind the clock at that point. And their best runner is Josh Allen, which is why he's probably the MVP of the league, Bill, but it's also why uh, I'd be nervous if I were a Bills fan because he still takes more shots more collisions than he should. It still feels like either he's going to get banged up enough that he misses some time or that it just negatively affects his performance, neither one of which is good. I mean, you know, we don't talk about it a lot, but a lot of times there are guys that don't perform as well towards the end of the year or in the playoffs because something's really bothering them badly physically. Ross Tucker, that is a great point and a great insight. I hadn't even thought of that. That is such a good point. Ross Tucker here on the show uh, last one for you buddy we got a a Bengals team that plays tonight I and mean, they had a really rough start to their season but they go to five and three if they can beat a Browns team that's lost four in a row do you expect Cincinnati to get it done and, and do you think that that Cincinnati is approaching the competitive playoff level team we expected coming off last year's Super Bowl appearance 
Well, I did until Chase got hurt, until yeah. they said Jamar Chase might miss four to six weeks. I, You know, I would have almost put Cincinnati in that same Baltimore-Miami category for, like, tier two in the AFC. And they still might, but he's such a big part of what they do. You know, he dictates coverage. He's their big play guy. I'm really curious to see how tonight goes. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose tonight without him. That's a major, major adjustment, major loss. Although the Browns don't have Joku or Denzel Ward, so they're missing, they're missing some guys themselves. Ross Tucker on the show. Remember, it, we got Christmas not that far away. Birthdays are always happening. And if you're, I don't know, a radio producer who wants to buy his host a present because he's a great guy, just as an example, uh, myfrontpagestory.com is a perfect place to do that. It's really cool. Basically, they put together a front page, right, like a made-up front page. It looks real. It's done by people who it looks like it actually came from the newspaper and the headline could be, I don't know, world's best radio host. Uh Decel apologizes for everything. I don't know. I'm just making that up as I go along. They'll help you. Myfrontpagestory.com. And as always, Ross Tucker, appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for, for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And, yes, I just tweeted about it, at Ross Tucker NFL, because, it, you know, the cool thing about that, if, if Dido does that for you, then it's on you, Bill, to hang that up in your house. So you might be careful what you wish for, because then you're going to have to hang that up in your house, because it's the gift that keeps on giving MyFrontPageStory.com. Oh, I'm doing it. If, if he says it to me, I'm doing it, Ross Tucker. Thank you, buddy. Talk soon, man. See you, man.